In 30 minutes' time here on Radio 4, it'll be half an hour later. But first, let's join Radioactive. In half an hour's time here on Radioactive, it'll be 30 minutes later. But first, here's a repeat of the widely publicised and even more widely criticised Radioactive Flu Special. An in-depth look at the problems of the flu virus and all its symptoms, illustrated by song, dance, magic, and a lot of annotated <laughs> medical diagrams. Also, a warning that the programme does contain a scene in which two medically trained adults demonstrate how to use a handkerchief. <laughs> the programme is introduced by Sir Norman Tonsil. Thank you, at ease. As chairman of Radioactive, I felt it was about time that we put together a programme that benefited society in some way, brought in a lot of listeners, but most of all, brought in a lot of listeners. And so I looked around for a worthy cause which would alleviate suffering in the world and attract a lot of celebrities into the studio. Well, apparently the thing that causes the most suffering in the world is the Martin Brown show. <laughs> but, uh, as no celebrity in their right mind would agree to come anywhere near him, although Giles Brandreth and Wincy Willis had both offered to do half an hour, I, uh, I turn my attention to the thing which causes the second most suffering and hardship in the world, or third if you include the Nigel Pry show, uh, the problem of flu and the common cold. This immediately struck me as a worthy cause because it affects over 15 million people. So if one in every ten tunes in, it'll boost our listening figures quite considerably. Right, carry on. Yes, hello, and many thanks to Sir Norman for underlining our good intentions there. Welcome to Radioactive's Flu Special. Over the next half hour, we'll be inviting as many famous people as possible to say the word flu. We have a studio full of people with colds. We have a panel of guests who are most likely in the process of catching them. And we have Alison Moyet. Popping in to sing her latest record, the proceeds of part of which she's donating to our flu fund. That's the hole in the middle. But first, it's time to welcome our first generous contributor to the radioactive flu fund, all proceeds going towards buying tissues for guide dogs. It's managing director of Sansi Travel, Mr. Jason Ridley. Now, Mr. Ridley, your company, Sansi Travel, are donating £20 to our fund, aren't they? Yes, that's right. Well, are we at Sansi Travel... I feel that Sunsea Travel, uh, as a company, and uh, Sunsea's been a company for some ten years now, we feel at Sunsea Travel uh, that for a company of our high standing in the travel business, uh, £20 is hardly too much to ask. Well, not for a plug like you've just had, no. Uh, well, thanks for getting our flu fund off to such a rollicking start. Let's go over and join Mike, who's talking to some of the studio audience. <coughs> Uh, well, I'm going to ask uh, some of our predominantly young studio audience here uh, whether they're worried about the threat of flu. No, not really, no. I'll never catch it. I mean, it's just, you know, weaklings that catch flu, isn't it? Well, it has been medically proven that anyone can catch it. <laughs> Bless you. Uh, how do people feel about the idea of using tissues, then? <laughs> uh, you, would you be uh, prepared to use a tissue? Um... Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. I mean, like, like if I was at, at a party, like... Uh, <laughs> shut up! <laughs> shut up. At a party, like, yeah, and I met someone I really liked, and I, and I had to sneeze. Yeah, sure, I'd use a tissue, uh, you know, if, if I couldn't wipe it on the sleeve, you know. Um, how about buying tissues, though? Would you be embarrassed buying a box of tissues at a chemist shop? Uh, yes, you. Uh, no, I don't think so. Why not? Well, you could always hide it in between a couple of boxes of contraceptives, couldn't you? Hey, kids, what's what you doing? Don't want to find your legend that flew in. That's the path of physical ruin. 
news. Don't let it be all bad. I'm doing bad. It's a cold snap. Do the rap. Uh, rap. Yeah. <laughs> well, no expense has been spared by Sir Norman Tonsil on this programme, because to answer your questions on the symptoms of flu and how best to treat them, he's invited along a panel consisting of Michael Fish, Linda Lusardi and Richie Benno. <laughs> but fortunately, they were unable to make it. <laughs> so instead, we have Anna Rabies and the Doctor. Hello. Hi. And Richie Benno. Uh, good evening, everyone. <laughs> and, uh, we'll be hearing a bit more from him later if we get really stuck. <laughs> but let's take our first caller. Uh, Hello. On line seven. Oh. Hello. <laughs> Go ahead, caller. Uh, I'd like to ask, is it true you can catch flu from a toilet seat? <laughs> Doctor. Uh, well, um, I, I'd, I'd say not, uh, unless the toilet seat has flu. <laughs> God, you're pathetic. Oh. Hello, lovely, look. Of course you can't catch it from a toilet seat. It's about time this myth was exploded. There's absolutely no way you can catch flu from sitting on a toilet seat that someone who has flu has sat on before you. And that is fact. Oh. So it is still possible, is it? Dear, oh dear. <laughs> OK, uh, Rishi, what do you have to say about that one? Good evening, everyone. <laughs> right, thanks, Rishi. Brilliant idea. <laughs> Having you on the show. Next caller on line four. Uh, hello, I was listening to the question from your last caller, and I was wondering, is it possible to catch flu from a toilet seat? <laughs> that was the last question. Yes, I know, yes. Did you not hear the answer? Yes, the doctor said not unless your toilet seat has flu. Why, do you think yours does, then? <laughs> no. Good. But it had a terrible sneezing fit last week. <laughs> Let's hear from somebody else. Good evening, everyone. Yes, not you. Thank you, Richie. Uh, line six. Uh, hello, I'm a chief surgeon at Guy's Hospital in London. Good. I have a practice in Harley Street and specialise mm -hmm. in socially transmitted viral diseases. Mm -hmm. I've been listening to your programme and mm -hmm. I was wondering... Yes? Is it possible to catch flu from a toilet seat? <laughs> it's a flu special. It's a flu special. It's a flu special. Flu. <laughs> Yes, as you say, we're taking it very seriously here. <laughs> well, with me now is design expert Kathleen Fishnet, and um, you've added your talents to the Fight Flu campaign by bringing out these T-shirts. That's right. Mm. Frankie says, don't sneeze. Mm. And <laughs> Frankie says, use a hanky. And, of course, that's Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Uh, no, that's Frankie Howard. He's got a bit of cold at the moment. Yes. Uh, and then there are these boxer shorts. And they have special designer containers for the tissues. And what are they called? Pockets. Mm, I see. <laughs> but also with us is a tissue manufacturer, Gregory Dines. Mr Dines, uh, people used to laugh at tissues, didn't they? Yes, but I think with our new range, they'll be laughing on the other side of their faces. And why is that? Because they're specially designed for people with lopsided faces. <laughs> uh, but, you know, a lot of people have been put off in the past by the stuffy image of the plain white tissue, and we're bringing out new colours all the time, especially uh, designed to appeal to the young. Mm -hmm. Red, black, purple, yellow... Yeah, those are the extra-large ones. That's they? right. Yes. And, of course, we've also given them rather more racy names. Naughty napkin, throbbing tissues, <laughs> big nose, purple veins... Yes, yes, thank you. Yes. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's join uh, Mike now and see what our predominantly young audience think about tissues. Uh, Yes, and let's begin with the tricky question of who should carry the tissues, the boy or the girl? <laughs> the girl over there, would you carry a tissue? No, I wouldn't. Why not? Well, it would look really calculated, wouldn't it? I mean, if a tissue fell out of my pocket, a bloke would think I was uh, the sort of girl who was, well, you're not really looking to catch a cold. Yeah, yeah, boy over there. Well, it's up to the girl, isn't it? You wouldn't carry one yourself. No, it's unnatural. And what's wrong with your arm, anyway? OK. <laughs> so it seems that it's still the girl's job to carry the tissues, but what about using them? Well, Anna and the doctor are here with us again, and uh, together they're going to show us how to use one. 
Right. Now, to start, you just pull the tissue out of the box like this. Now, I'm sure that many of you have a box of tissues by your bed anyway for... Uh... Other reasons. Uh, yes, Anna, for um, for doing a makeup. Yes. Yeah, that as well. So, picking up the tissue, be careful not to poke your finger through by mistake. Uh, now, I put it between my thumb and forefinger, and I place it either side of the nostril, like this. And now you're ready to sneeze. Okay, Doc. So, after the sneeze is finished, you carefully remove the tissue, squeezing it a bit at the top so that nothing escapes, and then you roll it up into a ball and hurl it as far away from you as possible. Mike. Thank you, Anna. I'll put it in my pocket for later. There's nothing to sneeze about, so don't be pleased about it. If you've got flu, you should know what to do. Remember the rules for snuffles. Hankies bit for hanky pankies. Well, uh, masses of famous faces and literally carloads of celebrities have refused to come here today. But uh, thankfully, singer Alison Duvet has kindly agreed to put her considerable weight behind our project by singing her very latest hit live in person here on video. You look at me with dismay sometime. Just one look is all it needs In your eyes I can see your surprise You've never seen someone as big as me I'm all blown up I'm just a handful of rubber Got a body made of rubber All blown up Big enough to be your mother and your brother run together Into one Makes very wide sound female. I should be in a museum. Alison Duvet, half man, half whale. All blown out. I'm just a handful of rubber. Got a body like a rubber. All blown out. It's so hard to stop a pushing and a shoving everybody. you, Alison, a genuine all-round entertainer. <laughs> so what exactly is flu? Here are some facts. Fact. Flu and colds are responsible for more illness than all other diseases combined. Fact. 75% of the population will catch some sort of cold this year. Fact. David Bowie's other name is David Bowie. <laughs> Fact. I'm ticklish behind the ears. <laughs> fact. Yes, I yes, yes, thank, thank you very much. That's <laughs> quite enough facts at the moment. But uh, are young people sufficiently aware of the facts? Yes, young girl with a hand up. Yes, I knew about David Bowie. 
I see, yes, ma'am. <laughs> uh, I've never had a cold myself, but a friend of mine has got one. <laughs> yes, I see. And uh, this friend of mine, who has nothing to do with me, uh, he's just a friend and he wants to know uh, can it make me go blind? <laughs> no, you can't go blind because your friend's got flu. Oh, good. <laughs> Bless your friend. Well, <laughs> what are the facts about the flu symptoms? Fact. Flu starts with a build-up of nasal congestion. Fact. Terry Scott goes, <laughs> Fact. If all the Chinamen in the world marched in a single line eastwards, they'd all fall in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> Fact. Yes, thank you. Okay. One thing seems clear from our discussion here today, the government is not getting its message across in the flu advertisements. This is an iceberg. If you sat on one of these, the chances are you'd get a cold bottom. And that's how flu can start, as easily as sitting on an iceberg. This government is committed to tracking down the flu virus, to isolating it and finding out exactly what it is. And then, when it's done that, it's going to privatise it. Electrical <laughs> sneeze and nagging cough, an itchy throat that hurts a lot. You'll find out all you need to know on our full special show. We've got the flu. <laughs> flu special show. Hmm. When the radioactive rep were told of our plans to do this flu special, they wasted no time in getting hold of completely the wrong end of the stick and coming up with a documentary on the history of aviation. It was eventually decided, after a couple of seconds, that this was not a good idea. And so, instead, they have come up with a documentary on the hunt for a flu vaccine, which they have chosen to call World War Flu. <laughs> Paris. 1872. Late one night at the Sorbonne University. <laughs> Professor Jacques Aubergine is on the brink of a major breakthrough as he sits all alone in his lavatory. His, his lavatory. L laboratory. Mein Gott! He cried. C'est un vaccine. Yes, the venereal old man... Venereal old man has stumbled upon something. Extraordinary. Something extraordinary. C'est what est le vaccine pour l'influenza. What? He had discovered the vaccine for flu. Immediately, he rushed round to see his doctor, friend, Professor Baker. His doctor friend, Professor Baker. He wondered if he should knock at this late hour. But decided against it. Preferring instead to gently lob a stone up at the bedroom window. That way, he would not wake Professor Baker's wife. Who's there? Is that you, Jack? The professor said in his rich Irish brogue. Miss Quick, come down. I must have words with you. Shh! You'll wake my wife if you're not quiet. And so it was, a vaccine for flu was discovered. 
But later that night, around 200 American tomboys discovered the exact same vaccine. That can't be right. <laughs> later that night, around 2 a.m., Eric and Tom Boyce discovered the exact same vaccine. Yeah, that's it. And, and so, Professor Aubergin was never heard of again, and he died, penniless and in misery, later that year. <laughs> but at least he didn't die in vain, for a vaccine had at last been found. That was World War Flu, a radio drama active repertory production. Stay tuned in next week for another one. Hello, this is Simon Le Bon. <laughs> Kids, don't forget to blow your nose, or you could end up sounding like Jerome Jerome. <laughs> Hello, this is Bob Geldof. <laughs> I gave my nose a good blow. <laughs> I know I sound like this. <laughs> Hello, this is Glenn Hoddle. On the pitch, I always used to blow my nose with my thumb and forefinger. But now I'm not so stupid. Now I blow my nose on my thumb and forefinger and then I use a tissue. Hello, this is Marlon Brando. <laughs> if it hadn't been for tissues, I'd never have been able to do this voice in The Godfather. <laughs> Hello, this is Katie Boyle. I may be 103, but my skin is still smooth <laughs> thanks to... What's that word? Tissues? Is that right? <laughs> Hello, this is Giles Brandreth. <laughs> and I'm delighted to say that I've never used a tissue in my life. <laughs> so, if you want to turn out like me, don't use a tissue. Tissue! <laughs> Well, in the past, the government has been criticised for not putting more money into building special medical centres to deal with flu victims. And here to defend their reasoning is Gareth Jones, government spokesman on Tuesdays. Gareth, <laughs> what can be done? Well, I'm afraid no matter how liberal thinking or rational you are about it, you can't get away from the fact that flu sufferers are the lepers in our society, aren't they? No. Yes, so you see, they've simply <laughs> caught it upon themselves, these people, and no one in their right mind is going to risk their lives to help them out, are they? Yes. No, exactly. I mean, it's been proved you can catch it from shaking hands with someone, as you know. Oh, no, it's been proved you can't. Mm, so if you can't shake hands with them, imagine what would happen if a doctor tried to treat one of them. Nothing. Exactly, fatal. So, <laughs> as you can see, I'm as open-minded about the whole thing as the next man. But I'm afraid our hands are tied, aren't they? Fish-based. Indeed, nothing we can do, much as we'd like to, of course. Yogurt. Mm, so, that's all there is to it, sadly. Of course, if anyone could show me I was wrong, I'd be only too happy to listen. What a complete load of garbage. I'm oh, sorry, did you say something? Now it's time for Radioactive's This is the listening bank, yes? I'd like a new kind of bank account, please. 
I'd like a fixed interest rate with no bank charges and an overdraft facility of up to £2,000. Oh, and none of those acidic letters either. I'll pay a monthly fee, fix in advance, and gradually pay it off as and when the funds become available. Right, thanks for listening. We weren't. Sorry, did you say something? <laughs> I was saying this is the listening bank, yes? Uh, no, this isn't out west. You want Midlands around the corner. <laughs> the new Midland bank account, not available from Barches of NatWest. <laughs> At British Telecom, we like to put people in touch with each other. Hello? Hello, darling. Hello? Who's that? Another minicab, please. Get off the line! You've got Linda. Telecom! Yes, we put people in touch with each other, even when they don't want us to. <laughs> <laughs> Session tells you what to do. Do boo about flu boo. That's why it's special boo. Welcome back. Of course, uh, we've already seen the advantages of tissues, but uh, there's something that girls can now do for added protection, and that's to wear this Dutch cap. As you see, it fits over the head like this, with flaps <laughs> covering the ears like so. And it uh, offers complete protection if sneezed upon from directly above. So would, would any of you wear one of these? What are the flaps over the ears for? So would any of you wear one of these? <laughs> what are the flaps over the ears for, then? No, well, no one's very keen on that idea by the sound of it. So uh, let's turn our attention to an adapter and her handy tips for avoiding the cold this winter. It's a flu special. It's a flu special. It's a flu special. Flu. <laughs> Avoid eating snow and sitting on blocks of ice. Tend more towards warm soups and sofas. If you are suffering from chillblains, immerse your head in a pan of boiling water. It may not do your head much good, but it will take your mind off the chillblains. If you're walking naked through the Cairngorms in winter, remember to take a sunbed for added warmth. If you have an old person living near you, check that they're all right at hourly intervals throughout the night. And finally, <laughs> a good way of increasing body temperature, of course, is to make love. Be sure, however, that you have a bed handy and that you've been introduced. Influenza, influenza, what to do? It all depends if you don't want it to get to your friends. Tune in to this flu extravaganza. <laughs> uh, hello again, it's Norman Tonsil here. I haven't got anything to say, but it's my microphone, so I can use it whenever I want to. <laughs> anyway, I'm uh, delighted to say at this juncture that some of the members of the royal family, together with several distinguished and dignified figures in public life, have come together to raise money for the flu fund and make complete asses of themselves in the radio version of It's a Knockout. <laughs> Highness, what made you decide to organise this event today? Well, you know, I really think it's time we did something about the problem of flu. It's something that I personally take very seriously, mm -hmm. and I'm prepared to dress up as Bugs Bunny and drop my trousers to prove it. Yeah, for you with the bread rolls. Well, all sorts of leading figures in society are taking part today, and over here is the Bishop of Luton. What have you to do in today's games? Oh, well, for my game, I have to dress up as a silly old woman in a dress. And you're just about to go on? 
No, I haven't changed yet. <laughs> and over here, I see the Lord Privy Seal. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It's a real seal, in fact. Oh, and I think that somebody's been hurt over there. Yes, they must have been hurt. I can hear Stuart Hall laughing. Well, lots of people doing their bit today, and with me is President Reagan's personal secretary. Uh, yeah, I've just taken part in a tug-of-war dressed as a medieval knight, and the captain of my team was dressed as a giant carrot. Well, that must have been very unusual for you. Not really, no. I'm used to taking orders from a vegetable. <laughs> is a distinguished British politician. Do you think that today has been valuable? Oh, absolutely. I think we've been setting an example to young people today, showing them that they should learn the importance of doing something really worthwhile. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, I've got to go and push a giant marshmallow through an inflated toilet pipe. <laughs> There's a gentleman over here in a very silly wig and tights. You've just done your bit, have you? Yes, I had to bang on a big wooden door with a big black stick and demand that they let me in. And what game is that, then? There wasn't it a game I'm Black Rod and I've just opened Parliament. And finally, in this pen here are the gentlemen from the press. Have you enjoyed yourself today? Well, it's been a long day, but I think it's been worth it because uh, a lot of money's been made. Yes, the flu fund has done very well. No, I'm talking about my overtime. <laughs> How do I know if I've got the flu? I don't know. And if I have... What should I do? Smooth, smooth. You can find out more, and I'll tell you how. Ring the radio at the flu special now. What? All right, indeed, yes. Well, with me now in the studio for a final and conclusive look at the problem of flu is uh, MP Michael Poltrock, Patricia McLaughlin from ACTO, the Association of Cold Treatment Operatives, uh, Christopher Coote from SAFE, the Society for the Abolition of Flu Epidemics, and finally, we have retired Army Surgeon Major Cartwright from, um... Gwent. And what does that stand for? It's nothing. It's just where I live. <laughs> well, we're all here to talk about the nature of flu and its possible cure. So, Major, perhaps I could start with you and ask you about general symptoms. Worst person I ever served up. <laughs> Who was? Admiral Hopkins. Right, well, perhaps I could not start with you, Major, and instead start with Gareth Jones. I think uh, one way we can stop the spread of flu is to be far more conscious of hygiene and sterilisation. Mm, sterilise things that have come into contact with the flu germ. No, sterilise people who've got it. Stop them breeding. It's the only way. <laughs> Just like 1984. Yes, I know we tried it then, but we want to try it again. And would you carry this out? Well, I'm prepared to put my money where my mouth is. Well, I certainly don't want your money after it's been up your bottom. <laughs> Here. What's that? This packet of biscuits. I can't get it open. Uh, look, can I just make it clear that we're not talking about the housing situation here? No, we're not. That's right. Oh, thank you. Yes. Uh, if, if I could just come in here. And I'm afraid we're having a discussion program. All right, I'll hoover later then. Yes, if you will. Um, Christopher Coote. I've said all I have to say on the matter. Yes, you haven't said anything at all yet. Yes. Well, that's all I've got to say about it. Look. Yes, very clever, Major. You can take the orange off your head now. Um, <laughs> well, uh, we've, uh, we've had a friendly and frank discussion. No, we haven't. We had a round. We haven't talked about anything. If I could just say that as an MP, I am very much hoping that by speaking slowly and seriously like this, and then raising my voice gradually but firmly, as if I'm saying something of great import, and then ending on a decisive-sounding note... I can guarantee that I can force a round of applause out of the mindless sheep in the studio audience here today. Thank you. Mm. Well, um, 
We've heard what the experts say. Let me now finally ask our predominantly young studio audience here if what they've heard so far this evening will make them change any of their habits. You say yes? Yeah. In what way? Well, I reckon I'll never listen to Radioactive again for a start. <laughs> Radioactive was performed by Helen Atkinson Wood, Angus Deaton, Jeffrey Perkins, Philip Pope and Michael Fenton Stevens. Song by Angus Deaton and Philip Pope with guest singer Kate Robbins. The programme was written by Jeffrey Perkins and Angus Deaton with additional material from Michael Fenton Stevens. The producer was David Tyler. At nine o'clock tomorrow night, a reminder that it's Meet Your Idol again. This week, Jimmy Savile talks to Jimmy Savile. <laughs> then at 9.30 in Uncle Michael Fix It, Uncle Mike Stad fixes it for an eight-year-old schoolboy to spend three weeks in a Parisian brothel. <laughs> Followed at 10 by Oivin Vinstra playing requests for music on the mouth organ in Organ Up. <laughs> a reminder that as a special service for the hard of hearing, tune in to 9483 kilohertz medium wave where all radioactive programmes are shouted. 